Episode two of Touching Gloves. We're a little light staffed this evening. However, we wanted to come to you with the post-fight breakdown and a look ahead to some of the stuff that we're excited about, touch on some of the stuff we got wrong, uh, and of course, really pat ourselves on the backs for the few things we got right. I'm joined today by Critter and the coach. Uh, boys, how you doing? Doing well. Doing well. Just looking back at the the wins losses and it just wasn't a great wasn't a great kickoff for us. Yeah, good as well. Just uh pockets a little sore. Yeah. Not a whole lot of winning, but I think I, I, I think I broke a whole even. lot of losing either. Yeah, I was just under even. I broke even, but yeah. still now. Not exciting. <laughs> yeah, anybody uh looking back at my record would certainly assume that I didn't make any money, but believe it or not, I only threw in one card this weekend and I ended up uh, about quadrupling my money on that card. So I'm feeling pretty go. good about that. However, the uh, the picks, well, you know, that's why you don't look back. You only look forward. So, yeah. Anyways, let's, let's go ahead and let's jump into the first fight, uh, the fight that I was most excited about, the fighter, I guess, that I was most excited about on this card. Uh, and that's the guy that we all kind of knew coming in that we were excited about. I know, Coach, you were absolutely glowing about this guy. And that's uh, Kamzat Chemayev. Uh, yeah. I mean, he just straight dominated the fight. He came in, looked incredible, didn't give Reese McKee a chance. And, uh, Coach, what did you think? I I thought uh, he he looked better than I expected he would. Um, he literally went right at Reese, picked him up, carried him to his corner, and then took him down. And I don't know, I don't know how else you can feel defeated until someone does that at the beginning of a fight. Like, he doesn't even try to try to hide much of his, his shots or his, his bull rush or takedown. Um, he just comes out and does it right away. And the other guy, you know, Reese knew it was coming. I saw him do it to a guy who – John Phillips at 185 isn't a world beater by any means, but he's a knockout guy. 15 pounds higher than the weight class Jemayev fights at. And, and he manhandled him. So I, I knew coming into this, this kid had no chance – you hate to see a guy get his first first uh, UFC fight at, uh, on short notice against a guy like that who literally fought 10 days beforehand and told and, – and actually today Dana White said, Jemai wants a fight in August and we're going to get him a fight in August. And um, I think I think the 170 class definitely has to look out. I don't know if this translates directly to 185 with some of the bigger fighters, but 170, man, this guy – I mean, he's competing top 10 tomorrow in my book. I don't see anybody – the, the way he fights is just – it's just unbearable. I, I think it also hurts guys that he wants to fight so much that if he fights in August, you know, that's going to be not a bit a full camp for somebody else to prepare for a guy like that. So I think that, you know, he continues to roll, climbs the ranks with ease. And I think he's competing for a title by the end of 2021. Like I said uh, on, on the first show, um, he fights too. He's too active for, for someone to get a full preparation, full camp on him. And he's just a fucking monster. So I don't know how, how you, how you argue against that. Look great. Look great on Saturday. Yeah, I was just—he blew away his expectation expectations, which, like Reese's face was just blood red the whole whole time when he was on the ground, and he's like, "I could fight right now." Like he could literally go right back in the cage. I, dude, he's been what was he hit like twice in his last two fights total? He obviously didn't get hit once. Two. Yeah, yeah I was like, <laughs> averaging getting hit once per fight—that's. Oh man, yeah. I'll have to go ahead and uh, double down with Brendan on that. By 2021, he's he's fighting for a belt, and yeah, yeah. That, he just blew me away when I didn't think he could. But I'm glad I fit him in wherever I could on my DraftKings cards because it paid off, even though he was pricey. Yeah, I mean, he was almost 10 grand, and he I think he outscored everybody. But but uh, Jesse Ronson was the only other guy that scored anywhere near his amount. But yeah, 124 yeah. is worth it. Well worth it. Highest score of the night. Yep. I was probably wrong by telling everybody not to take him because I underestimated him, like you said. But I told you not to take him at 9,800. Well worth the, the 10 that's grand you spent on him. Definitely a scary price tag. That's why I kind of was like shying away. But I think 
once the fights got closer and closer, I started putting more and more of them in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The juice definitely ended up being worth the squeeze there. Uh, man, that's a lame thing to say, but it, 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 it applies Take to Kamzat in this situation. And I know I'm kind of putting you boys on the spot here, but you know, personally, I don't, there's a lot of guys out there that I just don't see any way they're taking a fight against Jemayev right now. Uh, is there anybody that you guys have in mind that you might think, you know, would be a nice and interesting matchup for him? I'm looking at the rankings now. He's already jumped up to number 20. So if you guys want, I can give you some of the guys in that maybe 16 to 23 range and, and see if anybody jumps out to you guys. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so, you know, I think, I personally think that he needs one more fight outside the top 15. Uh, not necessarily because I don't think he could beat a lot of the guys in the top 15. I just think it, it'd be in the UFC's best interest. So, you know, you look, 16 is Jeff Neal, 17, Vincente Luque, which he's got a fight that we'll be talking about uh, on the next pod. So he's probably not in the mix for August 15th unless he gets it done real quick. Uh, you got D Donald Cowboy Cerrone, the vet, at 18. Uh, Tony Martin at 19. I'm not – is that Anthony? Is that Rocco? Anthony the Rocco, boy? yeah. And then uh, down at 21, Gunnar Nelson, 24. Nico Price is an interesting one. James Krause, 25. And I think Muslim, if you want to give him – Salikov at If you want to give him a guy outside the top 15, um, you got to give him a guy like Gunnar Nelson, just another wrestler. To see, because he's had two strikers in there, and they didn't even—they they looked so out of fight. Uh, but put a, put a striker in there. Gunner's gone the distance with some guys. He he's beaten some dudes. He's been in there with some dogs. I think we got to put him in there with a with a with a grappler just to see if his his prowess is still as dominant as it is against strikers. Um, and then if he beats that blueprint, I think we look at we look at the top fifteen, and you look at a guy like Neil Magny. Uh, or you look at a knockout specialist, maybe the maybe the loser of Vicente Luque and Randy Brown, a, a big name striker, um, and just see if he can impose his will on them. Uh, and and at this rate, I don't see him slowing down. I see him climbing the rankings. If you look at UFC's top 15, Pettis, Magny, Lawler, Luque, mm -hmm. um, Nate Diaz is an interesting an, an interesting one too. As we start to think about it, and if this guy continues to fight on a monthly basis or as quick as he as he has. I think he's going to be a big draw, and I think Diaz, obviously, as we know, is a big draw. Um, that's a guy that, that, that maybe is in his future, but if I'm Nate Diaz, I don't know if I want that fight either. I know he's, he's game as game gets, but I don't know if at this point in his career he wants that fight. Yeah, I don't know if I see that one. I don't, I, there's not a lot of up incentive there for, for Nate uh, to take that fight, but I do. I would love to, I'd love to see it. Uh, yeah. I will say that Gunnar Nelson isn't a bad call. You know, his last two fights that he's lost, Gilbert Burns, Leon Edwards, I mean, those aren't bad names to lose mm -hmm. to. Uh, and he did beat another guy who fought on that card last weekend, Alex Oliveira, in his uh, third fight. So, Critter, what do you think? I think it's just a waste of time, but I'll keep betting, <laughs> taking the odds. I'll keep betting on the man until, I don't know, maybe we get up towards what? Street Jesus at four, and I don't even like that matchup for our boy Jorge. No, I but, think it gets interesting at eight, seven, be, and eight. At Damian yeah, Maya see, I don't, I don't know Kiesa. enough about those guys, but Kiesa um, and Maya are interesting. That's that's well down the road, yeah. but I mean, I don't see this yeah. guy being an underdog anytime soon. It's, it's, I mean, who's he? Who's he going to be the underdog again? I just need someone to beat Camaro. That's all I want. Can't really stand yeah, the guy. Those are two guys, Brendan, that, you know, are, have no problem being on the ground or not one yeah, that's scared kind of, of being on the ground. So off their back, they could definitely – they're both, you know, Maya's Brazilian. Uh, so, you know, he's got the jiu-jitsu. Another guy that might be interesting, I'm not sure where he's at in his sobriety, uh, Mike Perry's down there at number 30. Mike Perry, yeah. Mike Perry would be and, fun, but he'd get embarrassed. And then another guy that's, you know, just coming off a win, maybe if they wanted to give him an experienced guy who's, who's got some talent, Alex Oliveira, he just won his fight, as we said a minute ago. Yeah, I'm interested anyway. to see who they give him next because the guy could jump quick and he's fought two, two uh, not, not two new guys, but Phillips, not a big name, and Reese McKee, a promising striking prospect that just mm -hmm. got kind of thrown into the wolves there just to get Jemayev okay. on the card. But I, I'm interested where, where Dana goes with him. He said – today that he wanted to fight in August and Dana said, we're going to make it happen. So we'll, we'll, we'll be seeing him again here in, in the next two to three weeks. Can't wait. He'll be all over my cards. 
Yeah. Don't know about betting on him because those odds are kind of a waste of time. But well worth every penny. He probably won't be as big of a favorite yeah. if they give him a jumping talent, which is good because I'm still taking him. <laughs> right. I don't care who he fights next. One hundred percent, the most exciting young guy on this card. I, I don't think there's any argument to be oh, made yeah. for anybody else. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and move on to a couple. Let's just get. We're gonna move to a division here. Two two fights on the undercard, heavyweight fights. Uh, you had Tanner Bozer. He knocked out Rafael Pessoa in the second round, as well as Tom Aspinali, who knocked out Jake Collier. Who, oof, man, has he put on some weight since he <laughs> man, made his UFC bad, debut? Dude, God, he didn't even yeah. look like yeah. him. I mean, that guy does not look. You go type in Jake Collier right now on Sherdog, and you watch that fight, and it's going to be tough to convince you that you're looking at the same guy. I mean, that was just yeah. sad. But, but let's not focus on that. Let's focus on Bozer and Aspinali, or Aspinall. Sorry, uh, they both came in. They looked good. Good. They got the job done. Bozer, you know, kind of slower and steady, whereas Tom took all 45 seconds to get it done. Is there a guy that you're more excited about in the heavyweight division, uh, Coach, or, or do you think maybe both of them are, have a pretty bright future? I, I would say I'm more, I'm more excited about, uh, personally, Tanner Bozer just because of what he brings to the table. Not, not the average-looking heavyweight as far as the, the, th- the, the things he brings to the table, speed and um, his endurance and ability to go the distance, put a ton of pressure on him, push a pace at heavyweight that we don't see very often. So, for me, the rat tail – the energy he brings, uh, the bulldozer, bozer, everything about him is exciting. But um, I will talk about this, about, uh, you know, Tom Aspinall being a debuter. Didn't show us much. Uh, did what he was supposed to do. Um, so, so can't get too excited about that. But what I will say is I believe Tom Aspinall was the only debuter on the card that, that did get a win and got it in, in good fashion. Um, I, I know he, he fought somebody that didn't look like himself whatsoever. But um, Castaneda lost. Stolze lost. Maurice um, uh, McKee, who we just talked about, got beat. Jai Herbert got beat. Um, all of these dudes that, that are debuters, welcome to the UFC, got got beat pretty good or handedly. Um, some competed, but but at the end of the day, the veterans came out on top. But Tom Aspinall was was the difference maker. He was the only guy that turned that around, flipped the coin, ended up knocking out Jake Collier in the first round. Looked good doing it, but I'd like to see him fight somebody with a little bit more credibility next time than, than a guy they're just tossing in there for a debuting kid uh, to put on a poster, I guess, for, for lack of better words. But um, I like Bozer personal uh, personal fighting preference style just based off the guys that I really like to watch. Uh, he's he's more exciting, but Aspinall is getting compared to Frank Mir and things like that. He's got the little throw going on. Um, exciting young guy walking out at the weight class. It's kind of at a standstill. Now I, I'm going to toss this to you, Critter, uh, and I'll give you the same question. But I do just want to point out real quick that Critter was pulling for. Pessoa to lean against the cage for three rounds against Bozer. Thank God oh, that man. didn't happen. I forgot about that. Curtis, Curtis uh, only got to pick that dude. But anyways, Curtis, I'll, I'll give you the same question. Myself. Is there a guy that you liked more in those fights, or is there somebody – maybe you didn't really care for either one of them. You don't think either one of them necessarily is a heavyweight contender. But I'll give that same question to you. I Honestly, I'd pick in Pessoa eh, a little dumb. Because I do like Bozer a little better than Aspinall. Much like what Brendan was saying, it's just like, what was it Collier? He literally just rolled off the couch and into the octagon. Um, and yeah, it just keeps jumping away. It was like, too. yeah, it was just like, why are they giving this guy? But I mean, I get it. Get him a, get him a dub. That guy loves his a little bit, but okay. I got to, I got to see more from Aspinall too. And from what we've seen like from here. Bozer, I'm yeah, yeah, straight yeah. Budweiser. Maybe but mix in a Bud Light. Need to see a little more from Aspinall, but I did like what I saw that one too to knock out Collier. He's was got a, pretty yeah. nice. He's got a big frame yeah. too. He's a big dude. Isn't he like six four, six five? He's a big dude. Uh, yeah. I can get that pulled up here in just a second. I do want to just echo what you guys are saying. It's so refreshing to see a guy like uh, like Bozer get in there and and push the pace. You know, at heavyweight mm-hmm. you see guys and. That, after one round, they're freaking huffing and puffing. And that guy, yeah, maybe he doesn't have the fastest starts all the time, but it's all measured, and he's always coming forward. He's always pushing, and he's always ready for a fight. And I got to give him a shout-out for that mullet. I mean, it is just a great mullet. Oh, I mean, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous, yeah. He's like little country, man. It's like, like Roy Nelson's long-lost cousin or something. Oh, yeah. Uh, and just real quick, Aspinall, is, he's 6'5". Uh, I knew he was a big so. dude, man. He's, he's fucking huge. 
he's gonna be a problem. I think he's gonna he's gonna get ranked. Uh, it's a weak weight division right now, and and that guy's young and he's got fast hands and uh, energy's great. That guy's gonna fuck some dudes up and and bounce some heads off some canvases in the coming months or, or years, I should say. I'm not sure if he'll be quite as active as Kamzat Jamayo. Yeah, if he's ever well, an dog very soon, I will be jumping all over it. But well, and and also just one more thing about Bozer. You know, his only loss was Ciro Dano, which by no means is a bad loss. A yeah. black eye on your uh, career. He went the distance with him. So, moving on to the main event of the undercard, probably the most controversial fight on the card. Uh, I don't think there's any real debate about that. Francisco Trinaldo versus Jai Herbert. Uh, Jai Herbert looked really good early. I thought there was a couple times where we might see Trinaldo get finished for the first time in his career. Uh, but in the end, Francisco gets the TKO win, but that's really uh, kind of the, where the controversy comes in. That Should have should that have been a KO or a TKO? I'll, I'll give Critter this one first. Uh, what did you think, Critter, about that, that stoppage or non-stoppage? I mean, I, I, I don't disagree with it. Um, because he was definitely seeing stars. Um, yeah, I would have liked to see him let it let it go. Cause what? T- how much time was left in the in the round? It was pretty like there wasn't much left, right? Pretty early. No, that was early. Okay, yeah, it's just like you got to give him a chance. This is no, you're missing the fight here. This is this is when Trinaldo punched that kid, and and he was out cold, and his hands were up in the air, and her her didn't step in. And no, yeah, Trinaldo. that's what I'm saying. Like he was definitely he he was seeing stars. Herbert was, and I, I, I would have liked to see him give. He did he did give him a chance, but. So you would have. I wanted. Okay I wanted. No yeah, I was. I was okay with the no stoppage. I think the the announcers were pretty upset about it. Um, yeah, Dan called earlier. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was not. He was not happy about that. And, I mean, he was he was technically winning that fight, no, Herbert, for yeah, the most part. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's probably now. why he gave him a little bit of leniency and like tried to give him a chance to get up, because of how the fight was going. So I'm okay with how it was kind of a late stoppage, but yeah, he was he was seeing stars, so it had to be stopped yeah. one way or the other. But I see why you'd want to give him the benefit of the doubt because he was doing pretty good that fight but like i brennan was guessing first round knockout i was like i can't can't do it and it was a third yeah, no, round I, knockout the other way <laughs> i definitely uh after watching the face-offs uh the next the next night the next day Trinaldo just looked i mean i was so flipped on that pick uh, herbert looked intimidated not not really interested in being there didn't know what to do looked out of place at the face-off and Trinaldo's coming yeah. in screaming in his face mm-hmm. flexing he's been there he's 41 like we said, he'd never been knocked out. I, I like the kid to make some noise, and I saw that, and and I I honestly started to bet the other way. Uh, wish wish we could, you know once we pick him we pick him, but I I flipped flipped uh, flipped that one pretty quick, and then watching Herbert perform, I was like, okay, maybe the, maybe the kid's got something here, and then he just got slept bad. I think Herb Herb definitely needed to hop in. I think that you you give those kind of things to proven veterans that have chins. Yeah, um, you, you want to protect the fighter. That kid's new. That's a vet. That. You saw Trinaldo pull off. Didn't want to continue punching him. The kid was was out. I mean, if you watch, his hands up, but his, there's, I mean, his eyes are open, but nobody's home. And then he takes about four or five more that I don't think he needed to take. I do, I do think, you know, if you're winning a fight, the referee might give you a, a little bit of benefit of the doubt. Obviously, reputation has has a piece to play in that. Mm-hmm. But if you're winning a fight, I understand giving him a chance. But I think that that should have been a KO, a walk away. Herb should have jumped in. Yeah, but that's a tough job, man. It's it's a tough job. You know, it's a real tough job for those guys to know when a fighter, mm-hmm. um, if you haven't seen him before, Herb has never seen that kid fight um, in, in the UFC. So I, I don't know. Um, it could have been stopped a lot sooner. I, I understand a little bit of confusion, but at the end of the day, you protect the fighters. Um, and that kid, that kid took about three to four, uh, you know, right to the mouth that, that he probably didn't need to take. So I, I thought it could have been stopped earlier, but I understand the, the controversy and why maybe Herb would have let it go as long as it did. Yeah, I agree. You know, younger guy, if it's the other way around and you got Francisco Trinaldo kind of, they got dropped there. Mm-hmm. I, I think maybe it, it's a little less controversial because he's never been finished before. He heard maybe gives him the benefit of the doubt, but you do want to protect the young guy. But at the same time, it's one of the toughest jobs in sports. And 
in that split second. You know, I don't know that Dan Hardy was right to be screaming, stop the fight from yeah. outside the ring. That certainly is a bad look for the UFC, in my opinion, just in general to have, I thought that you know, thing. a UFC a UFC employee screaming at the ref to stop the fight. It's just all around a bad look. I didn't think Herb handled it that well, either yelling back at him. He's got to be willing to just brush that off and kind of move on. Uh, but, but regardless, Herb being one of the best in the game, one of the best to ever do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt here and say, you know, maybe he should have stopped that fight. But the dude's ref thousands of fights at this point. And for the most part, he's always gotten it right. So, uh, yeah, that's he's pretty much it. I'm still, I'm still excited about Jai Herbert. I liked what I saw. I think he's got some work to do, but he had some power in those hands. He did rock Trinaldo once or twice. Uh, and for Francisco, obviously another win for him. Uh, age doesn't seem to matter to this guy. He's 43 <laughs> years old. He's still a fucking guy's tough. House. He's and, a tough. And, you know, I don't see any reason why he should stop now. So, all right, let's, let's go out. ahead and roll. Let's roll right into the main card, unless you guys got anything else you wanted to touch on on the, on the undercard. Um, I think I'm okay. All right. Uh, Critter, anything? or You good? Uh, but, like, I will add on the the Jai Herbert, that kind of that fight against Ronaldo kind of reminded me of against, uh, his fight against uh, Reese McKee. He was looking so good, and then next thing you know, Reese hit him, and he – Dropped like a Shut sack down. of potatoes. Yeah, yeah. so like I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried about Jai. I like how, I mean, I like his style, but I feel like he leaves himself open to uh, basically giving up a fight that he is winning or should be winning. Um, yeah, easily. That's, that's so I'm point. a little worried about that. But other than that, that's all I got for that. Yeah, and it's it's tough to know. Kind of, I don't know a whole lot about Reese McKee. I don't know what his power looks like or anything. I don't really know. Right. I didn't see anything from Reese McKee. He's unfortunately. not bad. Yeah, he's not bad. It's just Herbert was definitely. I feel like he was doing pretty solid in that fight against Reese, and then the next thing you know, it Reese dropped him. So well, that's, all right. So only other so only other thing from the prelims there that I I mean we can we can touch on is just Mo, Mozar Walov is quietly 13 and 0. I mean that fight yeah. was good. It was That's he fought it out. Too, yeah. Never got never got tired. Grundy really gave it his all, but he's a one trick pony kind of kind of throwing wild bombs and takedowns early got tired. If Wallov looked good the whole the whole 15 uh deserved to win by decision. I don't know if he's going to make real noise at featherweight or not, but he's 13 and 0 so that's that's got to say something about the guy. Looked good. I don't know if he's ready to fight. He's going to have to fight rent guys eventually. But at 13 and 0, I think he's got a couple losses coming his way. Yep. No, I agree. Russians are he, tough uh, sons of bitches, though, man. Yep. No doubt Those about that. And, and definitely worth the shout out. That's uh, my bad on missing that. Yeah. 13 and 0 is nothing to sneeze at uh, when you're locking yourself in a cage with another man. All right. So rolling into the main card, I don't really necessarily want to talk about these. I don't, you know, Alex Oliveira, nice, impressive performance, three round decision, looked good. Uh, he hadn't looked great in his last couple of fights. Thought he looked good that night. And uh, Paul Bearjew, Craig, wins first round submission. I think pretty much all of us were on the Bearjew on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, but I, I don't know. Personally, Carlos Sparza, I thought that fight could have gone either way. God, we uh, almost got that draw. <laughs> yeah, Coach, uh, right you, you. you were sitting, what, $15 to win five grand or something like that? Yeah, we needed a we needed a draw out of a Sparza Rodriguez and a win by by Whitaker, and we got we got one of the two. And God damn, that was a close to a draw. Yeah, and, and if you look fight. at Rodriguez, she was win draw win draw if I don't if I'm not mistaken, or win draw win draw win. So this would have been draw. Both ground girls that she drew, drew with, I think it was. I mean, I mean, shoot, I I, I would have scored it a draw, but I bet I bet on the draw. So I don't know, striking wise, as far as a one, takedown wise, she won. So at the end of the day, I don't know if her strikes did as much damage on the face at face value. She landed more, she took her down, obviously more. She won the fight, would have hit big on the draw, but yeah, just another. The Cookie Monster keeps on keeps on fighting the. She's she's gatekeeping, 115 hard, has was the first champ of the division and is going to continue to be a top five gatekeeper for as long as I can think of, because all these young girls, man, they get to Carla and, and I've seen Carly get her head beat in by, by the likes of Joanna and some other people that have beat her up. 
But when you think of young strikers coming in to make some noise at the women's straw weight division, there's Cookie Monsters just stopping them in their tracks, taking them down, and just proving a seasoned veteran. Um, so, so that fight, yeah, man, I was hoping for a draw, but Carla won, and, and credit got to give credit where credit's due. Uh, but Paul Craig, man, touching on the weigh-ins or the face-offs, he walked up to Antiglove and, and got in his face laughing at him and then grabbed the man's hat and turned it sideways and really pissed him off and then went out there and subbed him in the first round. So Paul Craig, is he going to – is, is, is Paul Craig going to get ranked at some point at 205? The guy's, what, 15-2 and two now? His two losses. 13 and four. Finishes. What's that? He's 13-4, and four, but, yeah. 13-4? and four. In a, it's a light division, you know, in terms of, of the guys that are at the top. There's not a ton of guys up there that, that I love. So, no, yeah. why Thanks not put them kind of in the mix Gustafson. there? Uh, there's about five, six guys. Gustafson, yeah, we're about to get to that. Uh, you know, I think he could be some of those guys. Volkan Ozdemir doesn't, is a guy that I think is meh at best. Not a big Ozdemir guy. You know, Johnny Walker's at 13. I, I could certainly see – I love Johnny Walker, but I could certainly see the Bear Jew taking Johnny Walker out. Uh, well, Johnny Walker and Ryan Spann are slated to fight, so the bottom of that weight class is, is – uh, they're going to be falling out here soon. And I think Magomed Ankalev has a fight too, but I can't remember who it's against. Magomed Ankalev is set to fight Jan Kutalaba on the D.C. Stipe card. Uh so that's a 20 versus 19 matchup there. And uh, Jan was – I believe Jan is the guy who got screwed in that terrible stoppage against uh, Magomed Ankalov the first time. If I, I believe that's a rematch, is it not? Uh, um, for the worst stoppage in UFC history yeah, when yeah, Jan was kind of doing the little wobble. Kutalaba definitely started to, to wobble on his feet to try to bait him in. We all thought. And then the fight got stopped, and that's where you think about the funny part of, of – stoppages when they're way too late and you got shit like that that happens where we're stopping this fight when Kuzalaba's on his damn feet and he, he's responsive and getting in the ref's face after stopping the fight you know I've, I've never seen that happen before and, and hope to never see it again but then you got guys like Herbert who get knocked the, light, the lights out and then we're gonna let him take a couple more so I don't know where that fits in but damn I forgot that that, that was against these two and I'm glad they, they ran it back because that was total bullshit stoppage I don't know who who stopped that one but god that was that was bad but um, the, yeah. the bottom of the 205 division is kind of slated. So I think Paul Craig maybe fights one a little bit lower out of the top 15, maybe top 20 to see if he's if he's good enough to, to jump in there with the top he's 15. He's already fought, fought Ankalov, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I, props to Ankalov. Third for, round for submission, the 459. Yep, uh, yeah. that does appear to be correct. That's, uh, that's Ankalov's only loss, so. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, all right, I think it's time. We all need to face the music here, boys. Uh, the fight before the co-main, you know, we sat here and we talked about the lack of success in moving up weight classes, how we were struggling to find guys. I do want to mention Triple C, controversially, but did win multiple fights at a, top, at a higher weight class. Uh, but we sat here and we all gave Fabrizio Verdum no chance and he goes out in the first round and submits Alexander Gustafson in, in under three minutes. Uh, and, and that was a tough pill to swallow, I think, for all of us. You know, I, I'll be the first one to raise my hand and say the only chance he had uh, was to kick him in the nuts a bunch of times. But we all kind of forgot, you know, the Brazilians are dogs on the ground. And, and Gus kind of let himself get overextended. And, and sure enough, Fabricio caught him in that arm bar, and that was it. Uh, a good performance out of the veteran. And that was his last fight, possibly in the UFC. He might be going to Bellator. There's rumors he might be heading over there to fight Bader for the title. So if it was his last performance, you know, a good one and, and a good way to go out for a legend. Yeah, that, that was disappointing. I mean, I don't know why we gave Fabrizio no chance. Like, the guy wasn't a former heavyweight champion of the world. But I just saw so much out of Gus I liked at 205. But looking looking back on everybody that's made the jump, really – Outside of D.C., I mean, the the last few guys we've seen do it now are Jean Vellante, loss, um, OSP, loss, and then Gustafson, loss. Um, you know, we've had – I mean, Jake Collier, loss. You know, Jake Collier made the jump up there. You know, expected a lot of him. But, you know, I, I don't know why we discredited Fabricio. I don't know if it's because his chin hasn't held up well over the years. But 
Uh, th this was a disappointing fight for Gus. I don't know if he loves fighting, which I think he does. I think he jumps organizations too. I don't think he's got anything left at 205 to prove. Barring maybe John Jones being retired, maybe he thinks he's got one more last. Not retired, but, you know, uh, saying that he's stepping away. Um, you know, maybe Gus takes another shot at 205. I don't know. But but the, the jump from 205 to heavyweight is a lot harder than I think it sounds, and I don't know if we want to see Bones do it or not. But I think Verdum's first-round submission over Gus uh, actually makes Jones look even better. Uh, Jones, at, at a certain point in time, guys, Jones and D.C. were the best two in the world doing it in their primes. Uh, the only guy that, that D.C. had ever lost to before Stipe beat him in the second fight was John Jones. Uh, D.C. moves up to heavyweight, has won the, has won the title. I think, I think this just gives John Jones a little bit more – you know, credit at being the GOAT that I think he is because he beat D.C. twice. The only guy to ever really make this jump successfully was D.C., um, you know, and, and and I don't know, but Gustafson's done in the UFC at, at heavyweight for sure. I don't think he goes back to 205. I think he bounces or enjoys life retired because he's proven uh, – he has nothing left to prove. The guy's a dog. Um, he's, he's been in some absolute battles. He's a legend of the sport. Unfortunately, he just isn't going to see that, that title um, that, that he wants and, and – should really stop but I don't know if you guys know this or not he has a giant spade tattoo on his arm and for every fight he's ever been in he has a little spade underneath and the ones that he's won he's filled in and the ones that he's lost he's he has not filled in I don't think he wants any more spades that aren't filled in on his arm uh, maybe if he wants to even out the lines I don't know what it looks like he keeps fighting tries to find some to, to finish it out but I think Gus we've seen the best years of Gus I, I respect him for jumping up trying to make the move we all had him we were fooled uh, you know, shout out to Fabricio Verdum, but but I think Gus is done with the UFC. Well, and I, I do think we were all picturing the fat Fabricio Verdum that we got against Ben Rockwell, and not the one, not the one that we saw that the one that was a professional and showed up to fight Gus, and he looked like he was in better shape and ready to go. Critter. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go ahead and apologize to uh, over Doom there. I basically I. Didn't know a whole lot about either either one of these guys because I'm still pretty new to the fight game. Um, but, yeah, basically I got caught up on the uh, ESPN Fight Center, and uh, Verdum looks looks uh, very out of shape. And, of course, Gustafson looks like a shit brick house. So um, brick shit house, whatever you want to call it. But, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, – yeah, I don't. I don't know what I was thinking. I. I also just overlooked the the jump and weight, and I need to get it's, better it's, at doing I mean, that. Shit, what did he come in at? Two forty. Two forty-five. Yeah, it wasn't a shiny moment. Yeah, Gustafson did. He came in. He looked good. I mean, it wasn't a matter of, of putting on too much weight, in my opinion. I thought he looked all right. Uh, just I think he made a mistake taking Fabricio to the ground and not being more careful with uh, where he was leaving his arms and his legs against a guy who's a black belt in BJJ. And, and, you know, he's been around the block once or twice. So he, he's, he's not scared of Gustafson and he found his opportunity and he took it. And that was all there was to say, you know, that was it. Gus had no chance at that point. Once he gets a hold of that arm, it's over. Uh, hey, Gustafson, we it, saw, in, you know, in, in Jones's return fight against him in, in the second one, Gustafson doesn't really have much, any, anything he wants. He doesn't want any part of being on the ground. And we just overlooked Fabricio's ground game. I think for me, it was just the fact that Gustafson was bigger than him. I mean, he made the jump, but he was a bigger human. But by carrying that extra 40 pounds or whatever it was, he walked in there with maybe 50. You can't fight the same as you do with 50 extra pounds, I'd have to imagine. Um, it's 50 pounds is a lot different than, you know, cutting 10, adding 15, moving up those smaller weight classes. But from light heavyweight to heavyweight, man, that's some serious weight. And if you're not used to fighting like that, man, fuck, that's, that's 50 extra pounds you got to carry. And you're fighting dudes that are also about 50 extra pounds than you're used to. And to jump in there against the legend uh, at the heavyweight division that Risa Verdum is, I don't know why I don't know why we didn't expect something like that, man. Shame on us. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, I do think maybe one thing I'd, I'd like to bring up is does that – I know we're talking about different levels here, but, you know, they did go toe-to-toe. -to -toe. Some would argue that maybe Gus won the first fight. Uh, watching Gus and how – not good he looked in that fight does that give you any guys any concern for john jones if he ever decided to make the move to heavyweight uh are you even a little bit concerned that maybe he kind of falls into the same trap like you said brendan it's an extra 40 pounds he's going to be carrying into the ring uh he's fighting a big probably a dude that's going to be bigger than him in terms of weight 
any reason to be concerned if John ever decides to make that jump, or do you still think he's just too good and, and too 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 uh, experienced to have a I mean, problem? I mean, we were talking about John Jones fighting fucking Francis Ngannou at one point, and to tell you, I wasn't worried about that. I mean, I'd be lying to your face. I think John Jones is the best to ever do it. I think he's had a, a really shitty. You know, he's made some poor choices, and that's kind of robbed himself and, and us fans of his whole career. We could have seen more. But I think at this point, you know, if John's talking about going up and fighting Francis, which I think he would do it, I think it's almost a lose-lose for John. Um, I think if he wins, you know, he's not the title. If Francis was the champ, I think, all, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the guy you got to fight to do what D.C. did, essentially, even though D.C. never beat John. For the 205 belt, he technically had the official belt when John was suspended or, or gone and, and for whatever reason, whatever time. But I think John has to go get the heavyweight title on his line at some point just to, to put to bed. I know he says he's got nothing left to prove about over D.C. I think that this is something that D.C. has on him that maybe he wouldn't admit to, but I think that he knows it and, and he feels it. I see John Jones at some point fighting heavyweight if they figure out how to pay the man. But I don't know. It's it's obviously reason for concern. I'm concerned about any man that steps in a cage with, with the Predator. I mean, that fucking guy throws absolute missiles, and, and they don't slow down. I have never seen him slow down outside of getting handled by Stipe. I don't think that's the fight to make. I think John has to fight for the belt. I think if he wants to wait for Francis to get it, that, that sells maybe the most pay-per-views of all time. But I think that John has to have a little bit of concern. But – if DC can do it at this point in my life, I'm willing to say if DC can do it, I think John can do it a little bit better. Yeah. I, I don't – being new, I haven't watched a whole lot of John Jones fights, but I, I, I don't see at least the t- two out of the top three. I don't – I see him having some troubles with. I mean – What's crazy for Him me, though, Francis is I always... Francis and Ghana would be... Ooh, that, would, that would sell so much, and I think I would take Francis. I'd, but... I would never pick against John. That would never happen. I know. So you can, yeah. That's, you can mark me down for John Jones, but... Um, I'm going Francis with that. I, I always thought the same thing I was thinking about Gus being a striker that he is. Gus can fucking maul. You know, he's, he is the mauler, the guy through hands. He's got great technical boxing. He's been very good throughout his career. Fighting a guy who doesn't have a chin, known for his ground game, but he was the same size. I thought that that would play a part, and that's kind of why I was leaning towards Gus so heavily is because they're the same size humans. I've always had that, you know, my my hat in, on on the ring of the side of Jones is, has, has a bigger reach than all the heavyweights. He's a, a big, a, as big if not bigger of a human being than they are. And I always had that in Jones's court, and that kind of backfired watching Gus get beat so quickly against Vaikavala. Um, but to, to ever say I'd bet against John Jones, I'd be lying to you. I'd never pick against him. I think he can do it. He's got to do it soon. The time's running out. I think the guy's still in incredible shape. He's still training, but he's got to do it soon. He can't wait too long. Yeah, I think he yep. can just get technical with it, you know, and just it might go to a decision, but he'll just yeah, find a way to Yeah, that's kind of been his route. Now. Yeah, exactly, based on the last couple. I mean, shit, Floyd Mayweather starting Same to make way. a change at some point. In his career, that if I can't be hit, I can't lose. Yep, John's exactly. pretty good at not getting hit significantly, and if he can get away from these guys and just be smarter, let them punch themselves out, then he outpoints mm-hmm. them. And yeah. he's just a, he's just a smarter fighter than all these other guys, man. I mean, and he is the 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 actual you know quote of they're all playing checkers. He's playing chess. I mean, the guy's trying to win fights. I don't think he needs to finish anybody else. The guy went through the ringer when he was in his twenties and beat all the dogs by by vicious fashion all he's got to do now is keep winning solidify himself the guy's never really lost a fight professionally he's got the dq on his on his record but he's never been beat and i don't see it happening anytime soon but i think he's got a little bit left on the legacy to leave and i think he makes the jump to heavyweight and fights just the same as he does in light heavyweight and his brothers are, are huge human beings too in the nfl man i think that he can hold that weight a little bit i think i think he's learned a thing or two from those guys and, and probably wrestling those dudes growing up I think John can carry the weight. I think he's got to prove it, but he's got to start somewhere. I think it happens within the next couple of years. So speaking of one of those dogs that John Jones fought in his early 20s, uh, the co-main event, and I don't have a ton for this, but I do want to touch on it because two legends. I mean, just absolute legends of the MMA community. 
Mauricio Shogun Hua uh, picks up the decision win in the trilogy fight against Lil Nog. Lil Nog, after the fight, announces he's going to join his brother in retirement. Uh, not the most exciting fight on the card by any means, but props to the UFC for, you know, tossing these guys a bone and, and giving them a shot on a, on a bigger card than probably anything that they've really gotten a fight on. Uh, and, you know, Mauricio is probably going to fight a couple more times. I don't really know what he's got left to prove to me. You know, his, his legacy solidified, but hats off to him for, for continuing to fight and continuing to find ways to win. Uh, I don't know if you guys have anything to add to that. No, I don't have anything to add. I just, it, was, it was good to see. I mean, just kind of give him a little send-off. I don't know. I mean, Shogun say he's done yet? I think no, uh, I would say Shogun's riding the Glover train, man. As, yeah. as long as Glover Teixeira keeps kicking ass, <laughs> Shogun's going to keep fighting, man. That guy, he needs to be done. I think this fight was, was the way you, you should go. Mm-hmm. Um, as as Little Nog did, when you get that old man, don't jump in there with a 25 year old or 26 year old prospect. No. Fedor Emelianenko just got his ass beat in in Bellator or one of his other. The guy should be done. When you're when you're that old and you, you've proven so much and you've been you've been in so many wars, there, there's everybody gets punched drunk at some point. You lose a step, you lose some fast twitch muscle fiber. I think I think Shogun is going to fight a couple too many fights. I don't think he's he's got the longevity that Glover's been able to put out. Glover's still fighting top-ranked dudes at 205 and is honestly in the in the t- uh, argument for a, a title shot. I don't think Shogun, Shogun's got anything left in the tank as far as a title run. I think he could hang it up on this trilogy win. I don't know why they fought again, but I think they did because the fans, you know, we love to see that kind of stuff, the, the older guys getting back out there. Uh, but also, like I said, for Little Nog, why jump in there with somebody that, that's probably going to beat the piss out of you? Jump in there with a guy that you know you, you guys are, you know, old friends, you know, old, old enemies, whatever the case may be, but Jump back in there, put, give the fans what they want. You know you're not going to get beat to a pulp. You know you've got mutual respect. You know you don't want to get yourself in there with somebody who is looking to prove themselves against a big name, which you used to be, and keep fighting off that name ego that you had. Um, I thought that was a, was an awesome fight, um, deserving to be a co-main with the two names that were in there. But I think Little Nog made the right decision, went off. Uh, you know, went off on an L, but went off on a good fight and on a good note. Uh, but I think Shogun fights a couple more times. I hope he doesn't. We don't get to see him. You know, get his head beat in by anybody that, yeah, no that's way. on the up. Mm-hmm. Um, but but give him a couple guys mid-pack that have been around that are maybe a little bit younger, but let him fight his last couple, whatever he's got. I don't know if he's got anything left on his contract or not. But but uh, definitely don't want to see that guy get, jump in there with somebody that's going to take his head off. Um, he's had too good of a career and he's too big of a name to see just have something like that happen to him. So uh, good fight, awesome thing to do. I think the guy's made the right decision running the back. Yeah, and uh, his next fight will be his 40th professional MMA fight. And he had a pretty long career in kickboxing before that, I'm pretty sure. So he's been around the block for many, many years. He's taken a lot of headshots. I'd like to see him maybe get one more fight. I'm, like like Brendan said, I don't know how many fights are left on his card. But uh, hopefully once this contract's up, that, that's going to be it for Shogun. But Hats off to him. He got a W, and, and that's what that's kind of why you get in the ring. So, yeah, hats uh, off to both. Props to him. Uh, props to Lil Nog. Congratulations on a great career. Moving on speaking to the old guys, guys, though. Before we get in the main event, speaking of the old guys, man, how about uh, how about Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. getting after it in an <laughs> oh, exhibition man. fight? How about these these you know, guys jumping back in there, man? I wouldn't jump in there with either one of them, but shit. I think I, I mean, mean I think people are gonna watch. Yeah, why not? They're saying exhibition. They're saying, you know, no knockdowns. Uh, the problem is, is Roy Jones might get that memo and he might be able to do a little red and tat but Mike Tyson's a fucking killer. And he yeah. only is going to know one thing, and that's going to be to try and go in there and kill Roy Jones Jr. And yeah. I've listened to Tyson fight or listened to Tyson talk recently. He, he sounds giddy. He sounds excited. Uh and that's kind of how he sounded back in his prime about getting in there with guys. And I'm a little concerned for Roy Jones Jr., if I'm being honest. Uh, you know, neither one of those guys necessarily knew when to retire. They took a few too many fights, looked horrible in their last fight in both cases. However, I think uh, since they're around the same age, it, it pre- presents an interesting fight, interesting enough for me to definitely tune in. 
You also got, uh, I believe it's Logan Paul fighting Nate Robinson on the undercard <laughs> on that on that game. Nate so Robinson, another, yeah, that would have been a funny little match. I don't know where that, that came from. I need to, I need to figure. I need I think, to research that. Why is he fighting? I gotta imagine. <laughs> I gotta imagine Nate's giving up some serious size there to Logan Paul. Logan Paul. Athleticism, though, man. He's got, he's got more athleticism. Uh, that's for sure. No doubt. You can't Superman no punch in uh, boxing, though. So I don't, I don't know if that's gonna help him out. <laughs> No. But but Tyson, you know, they say the last thing to go is the power. I'm sure his, his chin can't be there. Um, his mind seems to be in the right place. His, his his quickness looks still there to me, to to professionals. I'm sure it's not anywhere near what it used to be. But but uh, his power didn't go anywhere. The guy could still knock us into into orbit. I think I think he ends up doing so. Yeah, this doesn't this doesn't be a true exhibition fight. I'm a little bit worried for Roy Jones Jr. But I mean, the guy's a professional too. I don't think either one of them hate each other. They're doing it for charity, if I'm not mistaken, or something. Both of them want to get back in there. But, yeah, Tyson's got one gear, man, and that's, that's fucking go. And and I don't know yeah. if he'll be able to, to to step that back. I doubt it. We'll see. Two absolute legends uh, of the boxing world that are going to step back in there, and, and I think that's exciting enough. Obviously, they're pretty old. We'll see. Uh, eight rounds, probably not. That's probably going to be a little long for a couple that, of uh, – What's mid- it on? I believe it's uh, – is it going to be a YouTube pay-per-view or – I'm not even actually sure what the uh, – I don't know. Let me, yeah. let me check. What the, we got what fucking computers. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, you guys well, you guys check on that. I'll go ahead and set this next one up here. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, uh, main event, Darren Till, Robert Whitaker. Whitaker wins by unanimous decision, 48-47. Uh, I thought that, you know, last week when we talked, I, I heard a couple of guys, a couple of you guys didn't sound like, and I know a couple of them aren't here this week, but uh, a couple of you guys didn't sound like you were too convinced that Darren Till even had done anything to deserve this fight. Uh, I personally thought Till was pretty good, and I thought he looked better than I think you guys were thinking he might in that fight. He had his moments, certainly in the first round, he rocked Robert, but uh, Robbie uh, definitely bounced back and looked really good after a, a pretty bad performance against Izzy to pick up that decision win. He, he looked sharp. He added some different things that I hadn't necessarily seen from him in that last fight. And overall, you know, he picks up the win. He puts himself right back in the conversation for a big fight. I think maybe Cannoneer would be the perfect fight for him. Although if I'm Cannoneer, I'm waiting for the, the winner of Izzy versus Costa. Yeah, I think uh, just real quick that 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 uh, pay per view is says can be streamed through cable, satellite, and Triller. No, sure. Triller is, but um, yeah, the the main event was good. Um, not maybe as exciting as the fans might have wanted, but those are two world class dudes. I mean, when you talk about when you when you get in the top five, to expect an absolute banger is is selfish out of us. Those guys are way too good. Typically, they have way too much respect for each other. They're 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 not fighting any slouches. Sometimes we get wars, like we saw with Poirier and Hooker. We, we see some wars. Uh, these guys are too smart for that. They went in. They had a great fight. Robert won. Um, I don't think either one of them maybe at this point ever finds that belt back at 185. Uh, I'm, say, I'm, I'm happy saying that, that I think, you know, I think there's guys that are on a different level. I think the 185 belt right now, the title fight is those two guys are better than both. Um, but, but I think it was a good fight. Robert Whitaker solidified himself up there. I think Robert, you know, he's going to get a – he might get another shot. I bet he will. At some point, I think you're right on when you say the killer gorilla should be waiting and, and not fighting. I think they might give the killer gorilla uh, Bobby Knuckles and square them up um, before they do anything with the title fight just to see if, if, if Robert can get that rematch. They gave Yoel two rematches against Bobby Knuckles. Um, I think Whitaker is hungry for that. Uh, I don't know if he wins it. I don't even know who has it after we see the title fight. But, but I think they might throw the killer gorilla in there with Bobby Knuckles and we see who comes out there. And I think that guy's waiting for for the winner of Costa versus uh, Izzy. Yeah, well, if that happens again, I'll take I'll take Whitaker. He took down one gorilla. He'll take down the next one. <laughs> that's true. Uh, I guess that's tough. That's a tough gorilla look for, killer. For, uh, cannoneer. <laughs> but, he's not. He's the killer gorilla though. Till just the. That's that's true. Line. That's that's fair. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I I liked what I saw from Till. I didn't like his. I never really noticed it, but that arm tat it was hard. I mean. It's, it's, it was hard to look at. Who is that, by the way, on his arm? Is that his wife? 
I don't know. Yeah, I mean, talking about it, it, not, it doesn't look good. It just looks bad, yeah. I don't like um, it. Yeah, and of course, the way they way. had it on the TV, like promoting it and all that, of course, he was he had his left side pointing out. And I'm like, <laughs> can we switch sides here? Because that yeah. arm tat is killing me. But, yeah, I mean, I liked what I saw from Till. And I saw – I think Izzy even tweeted out during the fight that he still would like to fight Till now. Who knows if and when that would ever happen. But, Izzy's, yeah, Izzy wants to run through everybody. Uh, That's why they fought Romero yeah, first, yeah. just to get him before he's too old. Uh, that tattoo, by the way, is Paige Van Zandt. So. On Derek Hill? <laughs> yes. What the fuck? How I'm do we not know that? Right now. I, 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 I mean, it's <laughs> why not an exact that? replica. Uh, but, yeah, he's got a, a big fat tattoo on his left arm, and that is Paige Van Zandt. Man, if I would have known that, I would have not – well, I wasn't going to go to Till. Much like a, I can't remember which other one. I think it was Correa. I also followed Brad's suit because he went first on the picks. And I got it. I swayed my opinion. And if I would have known that was Paige, I would have probably gone elsewhere. Cause, and I also didn't see it until fight now. I was like, oh, God, this isn't going to go well. Let me, let me, I gotta, I'm not, uh, I'm not okay with that, not knowing. Uh, um, Darren Till, Darren Till's next fight, personally for me, the winner of uh, Derek Brunson versus Edmund Shabazian would be a good one, I think. Uh, I don't personally give Brunson much of a chance in that fight. We'll talk more about that later this week, but uh, I think that's maybe the next fight, although I don't know if you're the UFC, if you want to pit two younger stars uh, against each other. What you guys are? Uh, did, did you guys notice Darren Till, you know, usually walks out to Sweet Caroline, but he did say, you know, that's for the fans. And that's why he walked out in silence because there was no fans there. So, yeah, I didn't, I didn't even see the walk. I don't think I saw the walkout. I might have been not paying attention yeah. or something, but yeah. I, I thought it was, it was an interesting statement and it was kind of cool. You know, he walks out quiet and, and when they asked him, they said, uh, you know, Sweet Caroline's for the fans. He loves uh, <laughs> getting the fans involved. He knows everybody's going to sing along. It is a banger. Uh, so he, he decided to walk out silent, and he will continue to do so until there are fans back in the stadium is what he said. Uh, so, so the tattoo is not Paige Van Zandt. Okay. He denies that it's Paige Van Zandt. Hold on a sec. It's loud as fuck. I'm looking at it right here, and it says uh, – yeah, no, maybe it's not. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Oh, it's more. It's a better it's story. Girl. He says it's his girl. It was a surprise for his birthday. He just said he doesn't know what he was thinking, but he's going to do something different. Tattoos her face. He said, this is my tattoo. It's not Paige Van Zandt. I don't even know who that is. He said, and I don't know when this is. A couple years ago, three years ago. No, I don't he believe says, him. So if she's pissing me off, I just <laughs> go, to the gym and, go to the gym and let some guys punch her or punch me. I don't know, fucking weird, but it looks like Big Van Zandt, man. That's a, that's a little a violent. Tattoo. That's a creepy fucking tattoo for Darren Till. But, yeah, look good. Tough tat. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you know, one of the guys that I think has looked has done better overall moving up in weight. And, Who's uh, next for maybe, Till? I, I like I, – I mean, maybe, like I said, Bronson, Shabazian. But it, when, if Shabazian wins that fight, I don't know that you want to put those two guys in there against each other. Maybe a guy like Uriah Hall or Ian Heinish. Uh, those would be interesting matchups for Darren Till. Maybe Marvin Vittori even. Uh, or if they wanted to give him somebody maybe a little lower, maybe a Brad Tavares or an Eric Anders. But uh, what about I don't Jack know. or Manson, man? He just beat uh, Kelvin. Yeah, but why would Jack or Manson take that fight? If I'm Jack or Manson, I'm looking at uh, maybe I want Robert Whitaker if I'm Jack or Manson. Yeah. That'd yeah, you know, maybe uh, maybe Darren Till fights the winner of Brunson Shabazian or the loser of Brunson Shabazian. Uh, those guys are on the up at one eighty. I guess Edmonds more on the up. Brunson's kind of been around, but you know that that's He's an interesting fight wins. to make. I think you know. I think Till's got to look at somebody like like Derek Brunson or Edmund Shabazian, the the winner of next week's or, yeah Saturday's card. To if, especially if it's Edmund Shabazian, you got two young guys. Um, Darren Till looking to bounce back up into the top five. Shabazian looking to crack his way into the top five. I think that that's an interesting fight to look at if Edmund gets the job done on Saturday. But but Till is kind of in that, that rough zone of, you know, top five, but I don't think he really competes with those guys above him. I don't know how much longer Yoel Romero even stands in that top five or fights for. But Darren Till's in a, in a weird spot at 185. Yeah, I don't think he's in trouble, spot, yeah. but he's definitely in a weird spot. 
Yeah, you know, somebody's going to have to sack up and fight you well, speaking of him. I don't know if that's maybe Jack or Manson is the man for that. Uh, you know, I know that Whitaker won both of them, but I wouldn't be completely opposed to a, uh, a trilogy, trilogy there of yeah. Whitaker versus Romero. And, and, and uh, I, I'm on the boat of I think that Yoel won at least one of those fights. Yeah, definitely a, a toss-up in both fights. I thought those were both great fights, and that's why I wouldn't be opposed to another one. But if I'm Robert Whitaker, I'm not so sure uh, I'm interested in that fight again. Uh, that took a lot out of him, in my opinion. Uh, so real real quick, we've been touching a lot on guys moving up in weight classes, and I'm sure you guys have seen the news. I know Brendan has definitely seen the news that came out uh, earlier this week that Cody No Love Garbrandt is kicking the tires on, possibly cutting the extra 10, going down to 125 to, to set up a, a bout against Davis and Figueredo. I know none of us really see anybody at the 125 weight class that fights the, at the 125 weight class that could really even challenge Davison Figueredo, in my opinion. There's no clear-cut number one contender, and I don't know that there's really anybody down there that I would like in a fight against Davison. Uh, I know they've said stuff about Brandon Moreno. Personally, I'm not a huge Brandon Moreno fan. He's a decision guy. Uh, Brandon, I'm going to go ahead and let you lead off here with, with your boy. Uh, are you concerned at all about the extra 10-pound weight cut? Do you think you can get it done? And do you think it takes too much out of him, or do you do you think uh, I know you're gonna probably go Homer here, but uh, what do you think? I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily foresee it happening. I think it depends on on what Dana White wants to do with that division. Um, first and foremost, shout out Cody No Love. That guy's a fucking dog. With him through the thick and the thin, three knockout losses. I would have picked him in every fight. Still will to the day he, he retires. That guy uh, is an absolute animal. Uh, ride or die by him. Uh, the way he fights, the, the style he has, his boxing technique, his footwork, everything about that dude is is straight savage. He said it best himself, getting in the cage, locking the door, and just letting him unleash the savagery, uh, which we saw on Sun Sal, unfortunately, take that one uh, in, into the rest of his life. But I think it depends on what the UFC wants to do with the 125-pound weight class. I don't think there's a, a legitimate challenger to Figueredo, uh, although he did lose to Formiga about six or seven fights to go into the decision, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Probably a fluke. I think Figueredo's on another level right now outside of all those guys. Um, if Dana White wants the 125-pound weight class to continue, I think maybe they, if they want to try to, to pay Cody to do it, I think Cody goes down there. We see a pretty awesome firework fight, two technical guys. Um, obviously, I got Cody knocking him into next week. But um, if, if you think about the 135-pound weight class, I think Cody's got time to, to do it. They, they etched him in, I think, is what the rumor was in October against Marlon Marais. I don't know if that's the case. There's a lot of guys at 135. I think it's one of the deepest weight class, if not the deepest weight class right now. I think Cody's got the chance to go down and, and, and win that belt, Alpha Figueredo, and then come up and when, it, when the time is right after all these other guys get their shot at Piotr. Um, but there's been too much shit talk at 135 for Cody not to stay in the, in the, in the mix, in the top five, compete for a belt. I think it just it falls in the, the ball falls in the court of Dana White. Um, how much do they want the 125-pound weight class to continue? If they want it to, to, to go on for a while, I think you got to give Figueredo at least one to two other guys, give these dudes a shot. You know, sh there's still some dudes that fight at 125 that are legit. I don't know if anybody's on Figueredo's level. If they want to end Figueredo's reign uh, before it even starts, then, yeah, toss toss Cody down there uh, for, for a, you know, um, a, a fight just to, to keep him ready against the top uh, fighters in the UFC. While the 135-pound weight class is kind of caught up in the mix of, you know, is Aldo going to get the next shot? Um, you know, who's, who's really going to get that next title shot? I don't know at this point. Um, there's a lot of names in that mix. I think it doesn't hurt Cody to go down, uh, stay fresh, stay hot against a, a world-class striker, um, and go just take another bell home, get, get the taste of gold back, and then go win it back in the weight class that he did years ago, a couple years back. And I want Critter's take on this, but I do want to just jump in real quick and say, to me, it's a no-brainer at 135. It's got to be Aljo next. The guy probably should have been in that fight against Piotr Yang for the belt instead of Aldo anyway. Uh, so that's the guy I would definitely tap It's fucking next. Jan. Yang, he, he's not Asian. Piotr Yang? I don't think so, bub. <laughs> Whatever it is. I'm, I mean, Brendan, when I first started in this, you, uh, I think one of my first fights I watched was the Garbrandt card against uh, – Holy crap. The dude that knocked him out twice. 
TJ Dillashaw. Thank you. Yeah, Fucking sorry. TJ's yeah, TJ. steroid yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, that – I mean, I got introduced to him in a, in a, in a bad way, so I left a bad taste in my mouth because I followed you down there, but I also followed you down there with his last fight and avoided it pay off. So, I mean, I'm rooting for the kid. I, I, I mean, I see why Brendan likes him so much. He's easy to root for. Um, but I mean, I'm just going to let Brendan's analysis on it. And I'm just going to say, just following Brendan on that. I'll, I'll that make anybody a believer in Cody. Know. Yeah. They, you know, I'll make anybody a believer in Cody. Out of me, so. he, I mean, his last fight, he, I mean, he literally punched the dude off his feet. I don't know why you got any reason to doubt him now. If, you, if you're looking forward and not backwards, I mean, based off what he's done for me lately, uh, mm-hmm. finished the sunset for the first time in probably eight years. I don't know. Um, but his head hit the ground before before his feet did, so I think Cody made a statement in his return back, yeah, and I don't think Figueroa pretty. Really, uh, you know, Figueroa's a scary dude. I think he'd struggle to hit hit somebody like Cody. Um, you know, shit happens. It's a fight. Ten extra pounds of that that low of weight. I don't know how he carries it, um, but the dude's he's one of the fastest dudes. Probably the fastest guy in MMA. Might have the best technical boxing in in, in the in the whole UFC. Um, I don't think a lot of these guys pose too much of a problem if Cody can stay on his feet or get back to his feet. Um, and I think I think he's got the power to take anybody's heads off 135 and lower. Um, so so I definitely think Cody could be a two two belt champ. Um, and maybe maybe we see him tri- fight Triple C sometime down the road. Uh, Triple C gets that shot at, at at Volkanovski. Maybe Cody Garbrandt goes on a little bit of a tear at 125 and 135, uh, which I 100% think he's going to. And then maybe Triple C finds a little bit of interest in that fight and comes back for for a really really big super fight against wrestler striker. Yeah, I mean, I think the only the only concern that you would have for Cody against Davis and Figueredo is is, is Figueredo does have some power, and the extra ten pounds, you never know how that's going to affect the guy. Uh, Cody has been known to uh, get into some brawls, and he has been knocked out a couple of times. So you do wonder with an extra ten pounds if maybe. Figueredo has he definitely has the power to knock somebody out, so maybe he has a chance. But I I would also favor Cody No Love Garber in a fight against anybody in the 125 weight class, even if you know, figure even if Triple C was still the champion, just because of size and power. Uh, but there's really only one more thing that I I have on the docket today, boys, and that's the uh, recently announced title fight mm-hmm. at the 155 weight class. Uh, Khabib is is gonna go ahead and, and fight Justin Gaethje on September 19th uh we don't need to necessarily get into a breakdown right now I just kind of want to get you guys' reactions were, were you surprised that Habib was uh is ready to take this fight so quickly uh with the passing of his dad or or you kind of I guess some people would say maybe the best way for him to grieve is to get back in there and beat the fuck mm-hmm. out of somebody so uh what, what are your guys yeah. thoughts on that That's... fight it's actually uh, I, October yeah. 24th, Brad. Oh, yeah, is it the 24th? Yeah, that's what okay. I saw yeah, too. October 24th. Okay, I'm looking at the wrong website then, so that's my bad. Thanks for the correction on that. Uh, regardless, that gives him a little more time to grieve then the next yeah. month. Uh, but, you know, that's the loss of not only his dad, but his coach, his best friend, the guy who got him into MMA, the guy who's pushed him so hard. Uh, I mean, I can't imagine what he's going through right now. Uh, hearts out to Habib, of course, but uh, I was definitely a little surprised to see that he was going to sign that fight. Uh, but I'm excited. I'm definitely excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited too. I, I think, you know, obviously, like you said, condolences to the Nurmagomedov family. And uh, it wasn't just Khabib that, that, you know, his father meant a lot too, but a lot of other fighters, especially over in Russia. Yeah. Um, really, yeah, I really mean, even guys like Conor McGregor, yep. even, even guys like, you know, Conor McGregor, who has had rivalries with Khabib and and other guys, you know, the, everybody pays their, their respects. And um, there's, a, there's a point in time where the shit talking stops and everybody can kind of tip the cap and, and understand that there's bigger things to life. But, you know, guys, I liked, I liked Gaethje before, this, before the, the passing of Habib's father. I think Gaethje has looked really good. Um, just listening to another podcast of, you know, Rogan's and, um, and just the, the where Gaethje's mind's at and what he wants to do and what he wants to accomplish. I think we saw that change in his fighting game. I think, I think Gaethje, I liked him beforehand. Um, I think that it's a very interesting matchup. I know Gaethje has been quoted in saying, you know, he's more of a defensive wrestler and he does show a lot of wrestling. So if he can keep it on the mat or keep it, keep it on the feet, I think he, he has a little bit of a striker's advantage. Um, I know he can take a shot, but I think Khabib can take one too. 
Um, you know, I think I think Habib throws wild shots. I think Gaethje's a little bit crisper on the feet. I think it all depends on where it stays. But my my God, is that going to be an exciting fight? Um, that'll be that'll be a hyped up fight. Those guys are are absolute animals. Habib's never lost. Uh, Gaethje's been in just a freaking highlight reel since he's been in the UFC. Um, has has kind of turned a corner. And I I like I like uh, I like Gaethje there. I think Gaethje makes something happen, and I think uh, there's a new champ at 155. Yeah, the I mean, bonus pick yeah. out of the guy. <laughs> yeah, you'll know I mean, where I stand on yeah. October 24th. Yeah, right. I'm. I, I mean, I got to go with Khabib. It's just pulling out the hard strings, just winning one for his for the old man. But um, yeah, I like. I I don't disagree with you picking Gaethje at all, because um, he looked damn good in that fight. But, but yeah, I'm, I think it's gonna pull out the hard strings more than it's not. So I think that night I'll probably be favoring Khabib. Yeah. quite often in, in all sorts of ways so but i don't i'll definitely Habib. have some shares of gaichi and it's like on DraftKings for sure i mean it'd be stupid not i'll be definitely going to come in as a big favorite in that one not necessarily going to be yeah. somebody you're going to want a lot of action on maybe in on regular sports books but definitely somebody to maybe take a peek at in, in DraftKings when when that time comes but let's not get too far into that right now yeah. Uh, guys, that's about all I had for this episode. Is there anything else you guys uh, wanted to touch on before we get out of here? No, man. Great, uh, great time talking to you guys. It's yeah. it's been fun. We we didn't do bad. You know, the only I mean, Brad, you didn't do great pick wise. As we move into next week, you you did go six and nine bugs, uh, going seven nice. and eight. Two two guys under five hundred. Uh, three of us luck. at six and nine, and then our, our random guests actually uh, taking the lead into week two taking the lead lead in, into the second fight picks that we're going to be making later this week. Um, at 10 and 5, a guy who looked at the card about an hour beforehand and picked based off nicknames and just looking at him, I uh, actually didn't pick Chimaev. Um, yeah. So, so just understanding how stuff. random it was, he did take McKee, but it beat us all. Uh, so what the hell do we know? But, uh, but super excited. Awesome card we watched last week. I'm looking forward to another awesome, awesome one coming up this week at, with Shabazian versus Brunson. Yeah, looking forward yep. to working with you guys. And keep rolling with all this, and we get better and better. Picks made stay the same, but I mean, yeah. that's the fighting game. But um, everybody's I mean, got a game plan until they get yeah. punched in the mouth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> another shout out to Mike, right? Fucking Iron Mike, baby. All right, and that will do it for us here on Touching Gloves episode two. I am Brad, joined by the coach and critter. Uh, when you hear from us again, we will be breaking down UFC Fight Night Brunson versus Shabazian. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, peace. See you next time. Later. Yeah. yeah. Uh, look, I got a few things.